Hello, and welcome to Mind of Micah. Today's episode, I'm joined by an old friend, Mr. Andrew Craig, to talk about combat sports and specifically UFC 245. Andrew Craig, hello, hello. welcome to Mind of Micah. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Oh, it's it's a pleasure. We're uh, we're up early. We're recording. We're talking fights. It's, yeah, it's a good thing. It's not so bad. Yeah, big card this weekend. T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, three championship straps on the line. This is exciting. It's very exciting, man. I don't know the last time. Is there ever been three championship fights on the same night? I think the same card. I think like UFC 100, maybe UFC 200, the the big ones, but. This, I don't think it's happened more than a handful of times anyway, or at least that I can remember. No, it's very cool, especially since the uh, the main one is basically, they're both champions. I mean, one was an interim champion. Usman has the rail championship. Um, so, yeah, heavy card. And, uh, Andrew, you are a former UFC fighter. Tell, tell the folks just a little bit about your your uh, your history as a fighter. Mm, mm-hmm, let, mm-hmm. let the folks know. Let's establish some credibility. Here. Okay, well, like, um, like most... UT college graduates. I I went straight into fighting after after I graduated, and uh, made it the UFC pretty quickly, maybe a little too quickly. And then I uh, fought in the UFC from 2012 to 2015. Racked up seven fights, went three and four. I know it's not good. It's a backwards record, but I had a lot of fun. Traveled the world, and now I can talk legitimately about fights. There you go. That's true. How many other uh, vanity podcasts do you know that have a uh, actual UFC veterans on to talk about cage fights. Fucking none. None. That's that's correct. And then these days you're you're coaching kickboxing and and uh and MMA. Yeah, I'm coaching a little bit of uh kickboxing, MMA and working on the um the marketing side over on it work with all of our influencers. Originally it just, you know, it was fighters and now it's uh it's moved on to NASCAR drivers, golfers, you name it. Wow. Yeah. Who are y'all working with on the the golf side? Scott Stallings. Oh, is um, he jacked? He's He's pretty jacked, actually. Yeah, he's. Uh, if you look at him, like the PGA's made a big deal about him because of his uh, weight loss transformation a couple of years ago. He lost like maybe fifty pounds, like twenty percent body fat. Now he's a fucking animal. He's like a CrossFit nerd. He just gets after it every day. He comes to awesome. Like Scott, let's go play pitch and putt. Let's go play <laughs> golf. We we got to hook up at Barton Springs. Let's go do it. He goes, no man, let's just get after it. No, in the gym. I just want to take my shirt off and get ripped. Yeah, with I'm not King's into food. it. How's Kyle Kingsbury doing? Kingsbury is doing great, man. He's uh, as big and jacked as ever, just doing his thing. He's a big man. I believe he's in uh, L.A. right now knocking out some podcast. Um, what a life. What a life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk some fights. But before we do, All right. let's talk about something that's very important for fighters, for basically anyone out there. Socks. Big time. Yeah. You see all the fighters always wearing socks. That's right. Nothing gets you ready for the octagon like a nice pair of socks. Tell me about these socks. The official sock of Mind of Micah is stance.com slash Micah. If you go to stance.com slash Micah right now, you can get one free pair of socks with any other purchase at stance.com slash Micah. These are the best socks in the world. I'm wearing some right now. Let me see these. These are my... uh, these are my oh, Spurs shit. championship socks, but they're like black with like little gold on them because the Spurs have uh, four champ or five championship, uh, five championships. Perhaps you knew that, and uh, even if you didn't know that, these socks are amazing. Stance leads the world in R and D spent on socks. This is the technology you need. These socks last forever. Stance.com slash Micah. They make a tremendous Christmas gift. Tremendous. It's changed the whole game. The, a generation ago. The joke was all I got was socks for Christmas. Not anymore. No one will be disappointed when you get them when you visit stance.com slash Micah and get them socks. And you get a free pair. So that means you could buy a pair for, for two separate friends. You could buy two two pairs. You could buy a pair for your mom and a pair for yourself. I don't even care. Just go to stance.com slash Micah. Your promo code is automatically uh, added to your order when you visit. I might have to check out like some Houston sports socks from Stance, huh? Man, they got everything. Rocket Strohs, yeah, I mean They got them all. Very cool. All right, let's start with the main event. We're going to kind of uh use Colby Covington as a jumping off point. Yeah, let's and, do that. And uh, because there's a lot to talk about here. I remember I remember last time I picked against him hard. 
Yeah. Mostly based on his personality. I didn't, you know, factor in how good he's actually become. Well, he is 15 and one, which I didn't realize his record was that good. He faces, uh, Usman. Go uh, and say his first name. Kimura Usman. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) This is always, uh, you know, Andrew actually knows all of the names of the fighters and how to say them. I just can, I can barely read. (laughs) I think it's Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Usman. Yeah. Kamaru Usman. For some reason, Colby keeps calling him Marty Fake Newsman. <laughs> okay, so which doesn't make sense. But the story behind that is, um, you know, so he's a Nigerian immigrant. A mm-hmm. lot of time when people come over to the states, they just change their name to something more, you know, state. Like I used to have a, a personal training client. The guy was uh, Chinese. His English was not that good. His name was something very Chinese. But when he came over here, it was Tom. And I think um, when Kamaru Usman first came over here and he was wrestling collegiately, he went by Marty. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I'm learning now. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. always wondered where he came up with Marty. I think eventually he was like, what the fuck am I doing with Marty? Kamaru sounds awesome. Yeah, Kamaru is, a, it, it sounds like somebody from Street Fighter or something. <laughs> exactly, man. And he looks like somebody from Street yeah, Fighter he too. Is, he's a scary, he's super ripped shred. up man. Yeah. Uh, he is the first, I believe he's the first uh, African fighter to have UFC gold. Um, yeah, you know, what's really cool is, um, there's a, there's a gang of them now because style bender is also, mm-hmm. uh, originally Nigerian and I believe, um, big boy Francis yeah. Ngannou. Ngannou. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a quite a year. Um, but Usman comes in 15 and one looking incredible facing the one only Colby Covington, the man who has changed his whole life his whole career he's taken on a a what many would call a heel persona of uh he's become the first fighter of the trump family <laughs> the, there were rumors that that the president might attend this fight of course last last his last time out uh both of the president's sons well the two older sons i guess baron trump was not there uh sat cage side uh for colby covington uh Covington was in a position, although he had a good UFC record, he was in a position where he was set to be cut by Joe Silva, apparently, if you listen to Colby. And uh, so then in a fight in Sao Paulo, Brazil, he stood up and said, all Brazilians are filthy animals and I hate this country, or something along those lines. I know he called them filthy animals. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he said that the next fight he fought, he made 200,000, and his previous fight he fought for 30K, and they re-signed him. It's a pretty big bump. So that, that has... He just started pouring, you know, gasoline on the fire. And here he is uh, wearing a red MAGA hat everywhere he goes. Uh, he's always walking around with women in bikinis. And uh, he's really leaned into this. Oh, he's in hard, man. He was wearing the MAGA hat yesterday, MAGA hat yesterday. He had a um, Lloyd Christmas Dumb and Dumber style orange suit on. Don't know if you saw that. I did see that, yeah. And he was reading... Um, Donald Trump Jr.'s book. Actually, I'm sure he hasn't read it. But he was. <laughs> he did he, have it on stage. He had it on yeah. stage with him flipping through it like he, like he intended to. Yeah. And now the story coming out is not just of his sort of transformation because we've seen this and it's working for him. Um, he can't, His last fight, he dominated after we both you know, rooted actively against him. <laughs> he looked incredible. He just came at a thousand miles an hour. I've never, I mean, he kept a pace that's very rarely seen. Yeah. And just forced the issue for three rounds, forcing his way into this championship fight. Yeah. I mean, he beat the piss out of Robbie Lawler and it surprised me. I think it surprised a lot of people. His volume is just insane. So I think the him versus Usman is really interesting. They're both pressure fighters, but they're both pressure fighters in a different way. Whereas Colby um, comes at you with a ton of volume with the hands and then eventually looks for the takedown. Usman is pressuring you with the, um, with the danger of a lot of power and eventually he'll take you down as well. But um, with this one, I really don't know who's going to take a step back first. I think that's kind of going to be the deciding factor about who can um, put the pressure on the other one because they neither, neither guy likes to fight going backwards. Neither guy's like a counterfighter. They're both pushing you forward, throwing hands in your face, and eventually getting that takedown. Usman has, has a, a little bit of a reach advantage. These guys are about the same size, though. So, maybe an inch taller. They both should come in right at 170. Um, it's It should be an interesting 
fight. I mean, I don't enjoy Colby and his act, uh, and I, I actively want to see him lose, as everyone knows. But he's fun to watch. I mean, he just comes and comes and comes. And and the the story coming out this week is that there's a potential matchup within his camp. And I wanted to ask you about this, where if he were to win this fight, put the strap on, or even if he lost, Jorge Masvidal is sitting there. These guys are teammates in American Top Team. Uh, Colby has, through his act, divided himself from the rest of the team already. What happens when two dudes that Masvidal has been there for 15 years? I think Colby's been there his entire career as well. What happens when two dudes in the same camp have to fight each other? That's so odd. I don't know. And and for the strap. Yeah. Like this isn't just two guys at the at the bottom of the card. These would be two dudes at the at the the top of a a major pay-per-view card if Colby were to win this fight. Uh Dan Lambert, who's the owner of American Top Team, says that like we are going to these two dudes would train here. We one of them's not leaving. We'll we'll stagger when they come in. They train with different guys and Colby doesn't have to watch his back at around our gym, he says. Colby uh, is sort of talking about how he doesn't feel comfortable. And I always feel like I have to look over my shoulder. I have to watch my back. I don't know if there are going to be people come up and try and attack me. I've had people yelling at, in the gym at me, creating scenes and stuff. It's not a good environment for me there. Now, obviously, this is an environment that Colby has uh, helped create. Yeah, he's brought it on himself. And, you know, I, I hate the Colby shtick, but I appreciate it, especially once you mention how much more he made from that next fight. Um, ATT, I've been there. That's a gigantic gym. There's plenty of room for them both to train there. There's plenty of coaches. I know um, Masvidal uses different coaches than Colby does, so I really don't see, foresee it being an issue. Um, and, you know, this has It's got to be a weird vibe, though, right? It's got to be a very weird vibe, but remember this happened before with uh, Rashad and John Jones. Um, there was a late replacement. Somebody dropped out, so John Jones took the fight. With Rashad, they're both training at Jackson's, and I think that was the point where Rashad left. It's also kind of the same thing. Um, Mike Perry came to Jackson's, fought Cowboy. Cowboy left. This is uh, this is not unheard of, but at this scale, with like you know names that big at a camp that big, it's um, it's interesting. Yeah, especially you know it's it won't be a short term deal. We'll see if they get there. Um, Masvidal's people say that Colby isn't big enough to fight Masvidal. And they may be right at the moment. Masvidal is the hottest hottest uh, fighter in, in the UFC, arguably. Um, Dan Lambert continues, I think Colby thrives on, on that chaos. Chaos is his nickname, and appropriately so. I think it pushes him to go harder at those people and at the gym. Well, he's been going hard at the gym, based on what we've seen in the cage. And, Dan uh, Lambert, a little just genius behind the scene. Yeah, he's pulling some strings there. Yeah, he man. must be a pretty good businessman, too, because I've seen that facility. It's unbelievable. It's pretty impressive, for sure. Um, as far as the fight, though, man, I think it'll be really cool because uh, Usman is teammates with Robbie Lawler. So last time, yeah, we were both dead wrong. We both picked Lawler. I think mm -hmm. that was kind of just like partially, partially biased, too. We both like Lawler a lot, both kind of hate Colby. Mm -hmm. um, but Usman and Robbie trained together. They got the same coach, uh, Henry Hooft. And I just uh, think that Henry Hooft is enough of a um, a mastermind tactician to train Usman the right way to beat Covington. He's already lost to Covington once as a coach. I don't think it's going to happen again. Well, I I think I'm with you. You think this is a a stoppage, or do we do we go 25 minutes? Man, I just kind of put the pick out there. We weren't even there yet, huh? I'm going stoppage. I'm going Usman stoppage championship rounds. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. This should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this fight. I, I mean, I think the uh, just the press conferences and the weigh-ins leading up to it in the next couple of days should be a lot of fun too. Yeah, the presser, uh, or I guess the weigh-in will be Friday. Yeah, that should be fun. These guys have been going at each other for a long time. This is not a, uh, oh, hey, they're fighting. They're going to start beefing with each other. The, these two guys have been, especially Colby, being very aggressive uh, for – for months, it seems. Do you follow um, Boricina Department? I don't think so. Okay, it's a uh, it's a worthwhile Twitter account to follow, and all they really do is take um, things that fighters say when fighters say them really like wrong, and um, so they got a lot of Col Covington on there. Okay, they got a ton of Tito Ortiz, um, quite a bit of Brendan Schaub, 
It's worth checking out. Uh, what's it called? <laughs> I'll link to this. Boricina. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Boricina. It's, it's worth a look see. Yeah, man. Well, um, well, let's talk for just another minute about Colby before we move on to this, some of these other fights. Let's do that. Uh, he's been calling <laughs> Usman uh, Marty Fake Newsman, uh, which is which is really something. Uh, just a reminder. I mean, Colby is playing an act, but he's being incredibly disrespectful as as he kind of is now. There's something about, I want to kind of draw the parallel between him and another controversial fighter, perhaps uh, Chael Sonnen, who's someone who's who a generation ago kind of worked his way to the top through a lot of trash talk and also sort of a mental change. He was just sort of a, a wrestler from Oregon. And then one day he started calling himself the, the gangster of West Lynn and uh, the, the bad boy. Uh, and... And just sort of started talking. And he started lying, and he had a great rap. He would go on and just and and just say, and then, but some of the things that he said were just like very outwardly racist and really <laughs> inexcusable in a lot of ways. And there's always sort of a double standard for fighters and the things that they say compared to all other professional athletes. And I think it's been this way since. I mean, you go back to Ali uh, calling calling his opponents gorillas and saying things that. Would not fly. Uh, probably won't even fly today, but cage fighters and boxers managed to get away with these things. Now, Colby has been very outwardly hostile and disrespectful to Usman, as well as many other people, to be fair. Most of them people of color, though. But he has never, he hasn't really, he's been smart enough not to like cross a line. He hasn't done anything. I, I think you could go back and say that Chael went further. Uh, than 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 Colby has actually done, but he wears the hat. He's really leaning into this thing. Colby has not crossed the race line, but he's crossed like the personal boundaries line. On yes, a lot of things. and, he was and talking it about. seems I, it, to me, I don't think it's a coincidence. He is he's been far more disrespectful towards people uh, of color for whatever reason. You know, when he was talking about um, that filthy animals thing in Brazil, I liked his. Um, his his return on that they were like well wasn't that a little race he goes no that's from home alone <laughs> oh, shit. yeah You're he right. does have he's he's ready for the retorts oh yeah big time i think um i, I didn't even put that together that him and Chaler are both from oregon too both oh, I didn't from oregon that. and both had uh kind of switched that flip when they were you know doing okay but needed to make a little bit more money yeah chael also talked about how he had uh he started seeing a sports psychologist, which really changed his career too. Interesting. That he just started thinking that he was projecting. These, he was saying crazy shit. Yeah. I mean, nobody thinks that when they're facing Anderson uh, Anderson Silva, the, the perhaps the greatest fighter of all time in his prime, perhaps uh, it you know medically uh, uh, you know whatever. Don't worry about that. Yeah, we're not going to worry about that. The, the, they can beat that man. Nobody actually steps in the cage thinking he's going to beat him, and then basically does for five rounds the way chill did yeah uh unless that they've changed that's not a rational thought but if you can change your mindset it's it's back to the power of positive thinking not to sound like tony robbins but no big time there's man. something you look there at, you talk a lot of a lot of fighters and i mean i'd say over 50 percent are talking to some sort of performance coach or mind coach mm -hmm. or something i've talked to a couple in like during my tenure you know just because they're they're about everywhere i think the problem with it is is um it became popular, so everybody's a fucking mind coach now. Oh, well, that's and so true. You don't too. know how qualified these people are. I remember I was talking to this one mind coach for a while, and um, he he was recommended to me by another fighter, and I was like, "Oh man, this guy's great. He's like really getting me my game, really making me believe." And then I had this conversation with him. I go, "Hey man, so are you just usually talking to other athletes? I mean, is this like primarily what you do?" And he goes, "Ah, no, actually, I'm a I'm a couple sex therapist." I go, what the fuck are you talking to me about fighting for? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have you been professionally trained? No, no. People just pay me to tell them things. Yeah, what the fuck? So yeah. that was our it's last a, conversation. It's a, it's a landmine out there. It's funny. I was watching, uh, I think it was a Tyson fight from like the early 80s. And I forget who he was fighting, but they they did like a little pregame shows on ESPN Classic or whatever. And they showed Tyson an hour before the fight. He's in. They were like, here's Mike Tyson in the ring before the fight. 
with his personal hypnotist <laughs> and he's kind of dancing around there's hypnotists like holding his face and and uh and then the announcer's like and uh of course his opponent also has a personal hypnotist <laughs> and where it's just like these these things kind of like go in waves and and you don't really have an edge on everybody if everybody else has has <laughs> has the performance coach or the hypnotist or whatever it is it's just a something everybody else has and uh perhaps it, it goes in a cycle but we well, you know uh, one thing that we didn't really um mention you're talking about uh you mentioned him already anderson who is his mind coach none other than oh great of steven course. Seagal. yes his sensei <laughs> sensei steven seagal of the, the uh a russian uh certified russian uh I think that's the top, him like top a, a mind coach so far in the UFC is Steven Seagal. Well, you, can't, you can't get better than Sensei Seagal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so that this is the fight. We're excited about it. Colby is, uh, there's still some fireworks to go. So we're recording this Thursday. You'll see plenty of action uh, with his mouth on Friday and then uh, with his fist come Saturday, Saturday night. Man, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, okay. I'm going, I'm going Usman, Stoppage. Uh, let's say fourth round. What do you What are you thinking? Uh, I'm not so sure. I think uh, Usman might get him before then. Okay, and just you know, for all your listeners that are listening, like make this like you know very confident pick. You should know I've never missed a pick ever, and I won't. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, uh, me neither. And uh, I like Usman a little earlier. I just think that that Colby is. I think it goes back to coaching that relentless style, that pace uh, opens yourself up to, um, to being caught in a mistake. Big time. Uh, when you're just coming forward all the time, uh, Usman has been uh, an effective striker. He's been accurate and you, you wait for Colby to make one mistake. And if a guy's just throwing punches and bunches the way that he does, um, I think we, we see that happen at some point. Um, but I, I hope so as well. Usman, by the way, is a minus 175 favorite. The value is on Colby plus 145 if you're trying to get a little action on this thing. Uh, before we get to the rest of the main card, let's run through the prelims. I don't know if you've got any fights you like. Uh, I see Jessica I is fighting on the early prelims on ESPN+. Plus. That's the only name that I recognize here. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think those that first one with the 185ers, those are obviously two new dudes to the UFC. One guy's only 6-0, and so those could just kind of be you know, up-and-comers right there. So something to keep an eye on, just because I like watching middleweights anyway. Um, that Brandon Moreno, I think he's been in and out of the UFC a couple times, but he's a really talented fighter. And um, But other than that, I really don't know a lot of these guys. And that Daniel Tamor, he's really good. But again, prelims, man. Got to get bumped up from the prelims. You got to get some big wins. I think Tamor maybe came into the UFC undefeated. Now he's got three losses, kind of how it goes. Hmm. But... On the next ver uh, portion of the prelims, we got some hot fights. And before we get to the prelims on ESPN two, uh, what are these on ESPN plus? And then we got yeah, the, uh, the early prelims are ESPN plus, and then ESPN two for the prelims. Yeah. Uh, so you have got four four fights there. We'll talk about those in a second. But before we do, one other thing that fighters need is uh, good luggage. Everybody knows this. Big time. Yeah. And the best place to get good luggage is awaytravel.com slash Mike. <laughs> Use promo code MICA at checkout and save 20 bucks on uh, a new suitcase. Have you seen these away bags? Or, well, this away luggage, I should I say. I have not. Oh. Tell me about it. I traveled this week. Where'd Everybody has away luggage. I was at uh, Pelican Hill in uh, outside of L.A. Oh, cool. Oh, it was nice. What Played some there? golf. Oh, okay. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was it was beautiful. <laughs> oh, it was nice. you become quite the traveler, huh? Yeah. Uh, well, thanks to my away luggage, I have. Thank you. <laughs> Go to awaytravel.com slash Micah. Use promo code Micah. This is, these are the only bags you need. I, as soon as you'll see it, if you, if you see it, you'll recognize it. Because if you go through the airport, everybody's got an away bag now. And uh, with good reason. They have all the coolest features. They have uh, a system in place where you can kind of like zip up one side. And then like they have like little seat belts on the other side. So you put your hard so stuff on one side and the soft stuff on the other. It's amazing how much you can fit in a uh, away travel bag. Plus they look great. They're smart. They have uh, the coolest thing about them is they have a little removable battery pack that goes inside of them. So if you're sitting at the airport, you can't get to an outlet. You just plug it into your own suitcase. Ooh, that is cool. And you don't have to carry it. It's really nice. Um, Awaytravel.com slash Micah. You're going somewhere for Christmas, I'm sure, or in the new year. Get your luggage now. Travel in style. Awaytravel.com slash Micah. Save 20 bucks with promo code Micah. All right. 
We're Wait, almost uh, the whole plug in the luggage thing. Mm-hmm. That's money, man. I was just um, we went to a wedding in Guatemala on the way back. I'm trying to charge my shit in the Guatemalan airport and uh-uh. none of the outlets are working. You never know when you're going to get stuck in an airport or there's you're in one and there's there's no outlets to be found or there's one dude and he weighs 600 pounds and he's just near the outlet. And you're like, I I can't do that. That little tra- and you don't have to stick a, one of those ex- the heavy travel uh, chargers in your pocket and carry it around. I like to travel with my pockets empty. Basically, you might you never know when you might get robbed. I don't know. You're a pocket empty traveler, huh? I'd li- I'd re- I'd like to be. Very yeah. interesting. What yeah. are you? Maybe going to a fanny pack. Maybe think about one of those. You know what? I'm that seed has been planted more than once. I <laughs> uh, I don't think those are available on awaytravel.com/slash Micah, but they might be. They also have a, a wide range of luggage beyond just sort of a. Uh, the, the big suitcases, big and small suitcases. They've got backpacks, stuff that automatically, uh, that's like size, the exact same. It, it automatically uh, attaches. It's good stuff. All right, let's talk about these fights. Okay. Um, to the prelims, we'll start with uh, Matt Brown versus Ben Saunders. To, uh, God, look at those records. 21-16 yeah, and 22-12-2. Two, and two. two guys with what? fights. Yeah, 36-plus 30, fights. Um. Saunders is a big underdog here. Matt Brown, the big, the heavy favorite. That's the way I would have guessed it. Saunders, talented dude, um, but I don't think he's being a guy like Matt Brown right now. I'm thinking I'm quick Matt Brown KO. Saunders has been finished a lot in his previous fights. Um, it seems, I mean, he's just been around the game for long enough, and it seems like probably out of those 12 losses, I would guess that at least half are KOs or TKOs, and that's kind of what Matt Brown is best at. And Matt Brown is also a phenomenal jiu-jitsu player, which is where Ben really shines. But I don't think that Ben is going to be able to get him down and play that jiu-jitsu game with him. I'm going Matt Brown. I think Matt Brown's also had a bit of a break. And um, a lot of times these guys come back a little refreshed, a little healthier. So I'm going Brown all day. Saunders has lost three in a row. Uh, two to TKO, one to submission, and actually four of his last five. Mm. Uh, another knockout before that. So Yeah, there's, this, is, this is his cut fight. Well, we're rooting for you, Ben. I guess I don't know if I'm not because I picked Brown. But okay, well, shouts to Matt Brown. But you do you. Yeah. Uh, okay. The the money is is uh, you're not making much money on Matt Brown, so we'll we'll keep moving. Ian Heinisch 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 Yeah, an American, thirteen and two. Amari is Akvedov. a slight favorite against Amari Akvedov from Russia. Okay, so if y'all haven't read Ian Heinisch's story, have you read it? I have not. It is fucking interesting. This guy was like a um, champion wrestler coming out of high school. Might have done a little bit of college. He was in Denver, but he got really big into selling Molly. Okay, um, all right. Yeah, so he became like like the the guy in Denver selling this, right? He um, got arrested, and before his trial date, he fled the country and went to... Sh- dude, I don't remember. It's somewhere in Europe. But anyway, he got arrested over there spent like two years in a jail in, in the Canary Islands. And then um, it's a real thing. eventually made his way back. And now he's uh, he's doing fucking excellent in fighting. And, 13 and two. Yeah. He surprised me in his last fight. He just kind of, he's got, he's got a gas tank. He beat um, Cesar Ferrara. I think that was the guy that he beat, a guy that beat me. I mean, he's looked really good. His wrestling is top notch. All these guys, um, these kind of like Dagestani Russian guys like Amari Akhmadov, they all punch really hard. They're all very skilled. But I'm giving this one to Heinish based on his wrestling and just kind of overall will to win. I, I think this it. guy is just like a very – he's very mentally strong. After being in you know, a couple stints in prison, he's hardcore. It sounds like it. Can you imagine – can you imagine uh, you're buying Molly from a guy and uh, you know, you're a couple of dollars short. You go, oh, what are you going to do? And the guy turns out <laughs> to be a, a UFC fighter. That's a mistake. He actually lost his last time out to uh, to Brunson in a unanimous decision, but he had won four fights previous to that. Yeah, and Brunson was just kind of like a version of him who's a little more experienced and probably a little bit better at wrestling. They're both mm-hmm. collegiate wrestlers. Um, so he hasn't fought since the uh, the Cormier Miocic card, which two forty one. I guess that wasn't that long ago, but feels like a long time ago. Uh, okay, so you you like Hein. Yeah, I, I think yeah, Heinich. I think he'll come back with a big win on this one. All right. Oh, also within oh. that story, I think he was also in American prison too, and 
I forgot. He just had some. Cool, He's done some time. Some cool ways to not get like stabbed and murdered and shot oh, in bet. prison. Yeah. Oh, that's tight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need to make a movie about this guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you know anything about these ladies who are fighting? We've got a, a Brazilian uh, fighting a Mexican fighter. It's Irene Aldana from Mexico versus Caitlin Vieira from Brazil. Uh, Undefeated uh, at 10 0. She is a slight favorite over uh, the Mexican Aldana. I'm I'm embarrassed and a little ashamed because I don't know anything about either of them. I've heard Irene Aldana's name a lot. This other chick is uh, Tinano, so that's always impressive. But again, I want to know who this, this on this one. These women's divisions, um, this is a women's bantamweight matchup. So 135. They're not very deep. And they, they keep trying. It, it seems like they keep trying to bring the new hotshot star up and uh it seems like a lot of times if you're on the prelims at least one of these fighters you've never heard of before and yeah, at least that, one and I mean, they're it, it's just not it's just not a very deep roster at the moment they just got to continue to put those fights on and grow them and wait for these uh wait for the cream to come to the top you know that's what they've done but the um with the women man there's just always just like one or two chicks that are so far above everybody else that they just shine and nobody else really does much. Uh, Vieira actually defeated Kat Zingano in her last fight. So there's a name victory. And and she's fought. Um, she also fought on the Nunes. She's won five fights in a row. So wow. All in the UFC? Saw her. Uh, four in the UFC. That's impressive. So four, four in a UFC record is impressive no matter what. Speaking of uh, female fighters, did you see that they cut Liz Carmouche? I did. I did. I'm glad you mentioned this. Did you see the timing on that? Oh, she was doing charity work or something? She was she doing was like a press doing, conference charity work for the UFC. For disadvantaged kids. She'd been at a child's hospital. This company, man. The way that they do this for especially women fighters. We talk about Colby and how Colby's disrespectful, but he seems to be a little more disrespectful to black people. Uh, and just take that for whatever you, you think it's worth. The UFC just... They cut people all the time, they, and it's a business, and I get it, and it, it's a fight game. Like, this is not a, a, you know, it's a tough tough industry. But it seems like they're a little more heartless when it comes to the women. <laughs> the way that they, they, the last time we talked, we talked about, uh, what's her name? Um, the the fighter who, uh, the Brazilian who they got rid of, where they. Oh, Cyborg. Cyborg, where yeah. there was, Dana just. They're, the two sides did not agree on on the stories. They did not line up, and then uh, Katzengano just just uh, get out of here. No, they're or not Zingano. I'm Liz sorry, Carmouche. Liz Carmouche. Yeah, they're cutthroat. She's doing a charity tour for the UFC, doing press. She's in the car, and her manager calls her and tells her she got cut. Brutal. She'll end up somewhere. Uh, Truly, I think she already signed with uh, Bellator. Yeah, she yeah. can make some money there, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, an interesting interesting name that. You know the other th the other thing, and I don't think it's a coincidence. Uh, UFC fighters that aren't as attractive, the female, not as attractive UFC fighters, seem to get cut even faster. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say it. I don't. I don't know if anybody else will. Well, you don't have to comment on that. All right. the The fight that I'm most excited about on the uh, on the undercard, uh, and with good reason, Hands of Steel, Jeff Neal from Dallas, Texas, fight, faces uh, Mike Perry. I love this fight. Two rising rising. Uh, welterweights here this is a 170 fight uh jeff neal a pretty heavy minus 250 favorite uh mike perry plus 200 if you want some value there oh, wow um jeff neal is a bad man and he's coming fast uh 12 and 2 perry 13 and 5 another another guy who's a, a highly touted prospect um this fight will probably not go to the ground these guys are going to stand and 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 throw you can say stand and bang yeah, they're going to stand and bang. Thank you. <laughs> um, what do you see happening here? Man, Perry really came on strong in the UFC. When he first got here, he was knocking out everybody with elbows, but he's kind of um, kind of slowed down as of late, whereas Jeff's just speeding up. I'm taking Jeff all day. I know Jeff. We've trained together. His straight left is brutal. His left high kick is brutal. I don't think Mike Perry has as many um, weapons to beat him, and I think Jeff is at a better camp. Jeff is at Fortis MMA up in Dallas with a bunch of other top-notch guys. Who else is trying there? Uh, Ryan Spann, uh, big light heavyweight. Carlos Diego Ferreira, um, one of the lightweights in the UFC. Uh, and one more, um, another big middleweight. 
a few other guys, but they've got a good squad up there. And uh, Perry, I think he's out in, you know, where's Perry from? Like, got to be like Orlando or Tampa or something. Mm. And uh, I'm taking Jeff in that one, yeah. And I I don't know if we've seen Perry get finished. Oh, we got finished by an armbar by Cowboy. But I could see Jeff finishing him with strikes. This ought to be fun, though. These guys yeah, are I think gonna, that's like one of the most fun fights on the card. That's awesome. That's the stand and bang fight of the night. <laughs> All right, let's go to the main card. Boom. Uh, before we do... <laughs> How about one more ad read here on Mind of Micah? This will be a quick one. You know what is important for fighters? Sleep. And the best way to get some sleep? A great mattress. And you know where to get that great mattress. Lisa.com slash Micah. Your discount code's automatically uh, added to your checkout when you get it. This is an all-American product. It's designed and made in the USA. It's shipped for free to your door. You get a 100-night risk-free trial at Lisa.com slash Micah. If you're looking to move in January like many people are, buy a new mattress, get that shipped to your door right now, take it to your new place, open it up. It's like magic. Leave your nasty, gross mattress behind. Lisa.com, start out on the right foot. Invest in your sleep. Lisa.com slash Micah. All right, to the main card, the legend, the California kid, Uriah Faber, who, let's see, I'm looking for his age now. I think he's 40. This is his 46th pro fight. He's out of retirement, 35-10-0, uh, faces Peter Yan from Russia, uh, and who is a prohibitive favorite, minus 500. Uriah, a major underdog Holy here. Holy shit. Um, I, I don't know anything about Peter Yan, and uh, I do know a lot about Uriah Faber, a guy who's been in the game a very long time. He's won his last two fights after coming out of, actually, I guess just his first One, fight since yeah. coming out of retirement. Um. Man, I he is a he is a wrestler uh, by trade. He's facing Peter Jan. Uh, Peter only has one e in it, and uh, he's a striker, and that's all that I know about him. So uh, Uriah, he he wins the hair battle for sure. Always. I mean, this is the guy that you know made cornrows for white dudes a signature look in the, in the fight game. And we we've seen this on you before. We have, yeah. Much respect to Uriah, cornrow king. And you know he's going to come out to that California love, and it's just going to hit real hard. Oh yeah. Um, now, having said all that, I think there's a terrible fight for him. As Ooh. Jan as, is thirteen one and zero, including what? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six straight UFC wins, nine wins overall. Damn, and it would seem the UFC matchmakers UFC um, think it's a bad fight for Uriah as well. Uriah, so he retired. He had a, Uriah had like one of the best retirement fights, right? He totally punked Brad Pickett. He knocked him. Uriah never knocks somebody down with punches. He punked Brad Pickett. Then he took a couple years off, came back. I think maybe because he had a kid. He was like, oh, God damn. Kids are expensive. Yeah. Let me get a fight. I'm broke and I'm bored. And yeah, and he fought Ricky and Simon back. and he knocked him out. And you're like, what the fuck is Uriah doing knocking He's dudes out? He's got that out? old man strength. It must be, man. But now coming back again and fighting Peter Yan, I'm not sure if this is how you want to go out on that retirement because Peter Yan is a badass Russian, and everybody that he fights, he punks them. People can't wrestle him. They can't stay up with his hands. So I don't think it's a great fight for Uriah. Maybe he proves us all wrong, but I would assume Peter Yan takes this, and hopefully Uriah can get an easy fight, beat somebody's ass, and, and retire. And retire like a second time. Yeah, retire like he should. Well, this to me seems like the matchmakers, the UFC matchmakers, are like this is a big card. Uh, Uriah's a, a big name. We want to make a star out of Peter Yan. He comes in and puts on a performance, and and uh, because I, I mean, minus five hundred, he's the biggest, the biggest favorite on this card on any of the fights, um, which I, I am surprised by. I think that's he's exactly a bigger fighter than Amanda, he's a bigger favorite than Amanda Nunes. Dang. Which is I think really I think you something. you nailed that though, man. I think it is a huge card. They're trying to fill out this main event card or this main card. Uriah is always great. Everybody knows him. If you've been in the sport for any amount of time, you've seen him fight. You know, I was watching this guy fight ten years ago in the WEC, and so yeah, let's build up Peter Yan. He's going to be a superstar for us. And you think Yan wins this thing? I think Yan wins this thing, man. Um, Uriah, you know, can always surprise, but. Whenever Uriah gets against this level of dude, he can never make it past that hum. He had the championship in WEC for a while, 
And he fought for the championship a few times in the UFC, I think, against uh, Aldo. Yeah, he's had a bunch of UFC championship shots and never gotten over that. Yeah, and against Hendon Burrell and couldn't couldn't make it happen. Maybe he beats Jan and gets that championship fight, which I don't think he'll win the championship fight, but I also don't think he gets past Jan, unfortunately. Talk about a guy who has been the champion and was the champion for a long time, uh, Jose Aldo on this card. Mm -hmm. Fighting for the first time at 135 down to bantamweight. The photos of him look uh, not good. I'll just say that. Have you seen these photos of him getting ready for this fight? I have, He looks kind of sickly, for lack of a better term. Uh, He's fought most of his career at 145, I guess, and uh, now going down to 135, which is kind of a strange move for an older fighter. Most people uh, go up in weight class as they age. Uh, Aldo uh, lost his last time out uh, to Volkanovski. Volkanovski, yeah. I was close there, Nailed it. Uh, but had won two in a row after losing uh, twice to Max Holloway, uh, beat Jeremy Stevens, and and uh, I mean Jose Aldo, a legend, mm-hmm. a star, mm-hmm. down to one thirty five, um, an interesting move against Marlon Morales, uh, the Brazilian. So, oh no, no L, my friend. Oh, I'm sorry, Marias. It's cool. It's cool. Two Brazilians here, uh, Marias a. Minus 210 favorite uh, against Aldo. What do we know about Marlon? Marlon has also been in the game for a while. I believe he was, uh, there was an organization for a little bit after Pride disbanded called Dream. Okay, yeah. And I, I believe he was the Dream champion. And then he had, um, I don't know if he was fighting in Asia or he did some Bellator. I'm not exactly sure. But he's looked very impressive in the UFC thus far. Um he almost had Cejudo, actually. He beat the shit out of Cejudo in their first round, and then Cejudo came back and finished him. Marais has got an interesting thing. So he's always been fighting at 135, although it looks like he probably cuts just as much weight as Aldo does. Hmm. So I don't think Marais is the best gas tank, but I think him and Aldo fight very similarly. They're big kickers, a lot of low kicks, both Brazilian dudes, um, similar styles. I have a hard time calling this one. I've seen Aldo. He does look pretty gaunt. Um, I don't know if you read who came to his defense. It was uh, uh, Connor. Yeah, Connor McGregor. Yeah, Connor has become a a staunch Aldo supporter. Yeah, He's odd, been right? saying nothing but good things about him after he said nothing but terrible things about him for years. I guess you knocked somebody fight. out in thirteen seconds. You're gonna shit on That's him anymore. You know? Yeah, you might as well. Yeah, Connor gets it. Don't 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 tell me otherwise. All right. Uh, do you have a Do you have a pick on this one? You you go first. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take more more. Morais. 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 Yeah. Marlon Morais. I just think uh, this Aldo weight cut, I, the the majority of the MMA media that I follow are saying, I, I can't wait to see what he looks like on Friday when he shows up uh, at the weigh-in. Um, I, I just I, I just think it's weird. Aldo seems like a kind of guy who's just like looking for one last shot. One, he wants to be a star one more time, get one last hit, and he's willing to do anything. He's like in the, the Billy Ray Cyrus part of his career. <laughs> Just, I just need one more chance to get to the top, and oh, I'll lose ten pounds. And I just don't think that's a that's a good move for a, a fighter his age. No, I don't think and that's you the just, move. I, and I hate to say this, but you never know how old these Brazilian dudes are either. Um, <laughs> I mean, Aldo could be five years older than his his listed age. I, it just seems reckless to me. And and uh, I like Marlon. I'll take Marlon here. Yeah, I think I'll go Marlon as well. Uh, Aldo showed up. I know he was doing his uh, poster signing yesterday. And he was already wearing a sauna suit and sweats. Which, if you're having a cut at every moment of the day, that's yeah, that's, that's just taking too much out of you for the time. It's that's uh, what fight. I'm afraid of. Yeah, and you know, I think in the past, when you don't have to focus on your weight as much when like the fight is the only thing on your mind. I think it it, it helps you. It's, you know, it's more ease of mind. Well, I mean, he's probably I don't know how much he he used to cut, um, but it probably wasn't his main fight focus of fight week right. for his entire career. He's a veteran. This isn't a young guy having his fourth or fifth fight. I mean, Aldo has. 33 pro fights. So I think it's just, uh, I think that's going to be a mental issue. All right. Yeah, we, I think um, I'm going uh, Marlon Marias finish, although uh, I would, I would love to see an Aldo win. It would be fun. It'd be a good yeah. story. All right. We're running out of time, but let's, right, let's uh, do this we got thing. two more fights. Both of them are championship fights. Amanda Nunez or Nunez. She, she doesn't have the Inye on her. On her end, no, no Inye on the end. She's just Nunez. Yeah, interesting. Amanda Amanda Nunez faces Jermaine de Radame. Did I get uh, closer? Jermaine de Rondame. Rondame, who is yeah. a Dutch kickboxer. 
and is an imposing physical specimen and is also quite delightful. Uh, people just seem to really enjoy her. She seems very likable. Yeah, what's she, she done? She's just cool? Just her interviews, she just seems very relaxed, laid back. She's got a good rap. She's just very likable person. I did not realize she was four inches taller than uh, Amanda. Yeah, she's... Wow. Well, I, I have 5'9 versus 5'8 here. Oh, really? But her And, and oh. only a two-inch reach advantage. Well, fucking my um, MMA junkie app I'm on is ESPN, not, not so doing it right for me. Anyway, um, yeah, Jermaine is badass. She's got that Dutch kickboxing style, big low kicks, good punches. She had that fight against Holly Holm where she punched her a couple times after the bell. After she won that, or whatever happened in that fight, she got the chance to fight Cyborg and was just like, you know what, I'm I'm good. And, <laughs> and she dipped for like a year or two. Then she came back, and now she's fought her way back to the title, which I don't know why Nunez is any better to fight than, um, than Cyborg. That's but, a good um, question. I'm still going. I'm going with the the female goat, Amanda Nunez. Um, punching power is too much over five rounds. I think she gets Jermaine's number. I think Jermaine might have her moments, but um, you know, with some low kicks and some big punches and keeping her distance. But I'll go Nunez. This is a rematch, which I didn't realize. These two fought in 2013 in uh, a while ago. Jermaine's uh, second fight in the UFC. Uh, How did that one go? Nunez with a first round knockout. Uh, three minutes and 56 seconds into the first round. God damn, she's been doing this for a while. Ah, yes. I mean, this is a reign of terror. Yeah. But Jermaine has not lost since then. Uh, she did take a, a year and a half off after that fight and then has won one, two, three, four, five in a row in the UFC, including a championship fight against Holly Holm. This is this woman, this stage is not too big for her. This is not, uh, what's the Australian chick who's so tall and uh, in my, my mind, quite attractive, the one with all the tattoos. Um that they kept giving championship fights to and just wasn't ready. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I can't think of her name. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but this, this is a real fighter. This is a real chance no, here. No, you know, it says she's 9-3, and three, but I'm guessing that she's got a lot of pro kickboxing experience. Oh, 100%. Well. Yeah. yeah. And I, Nunez, a minus 310 favorite in this one, so not a lot of value there. Yeah, we're just picking I, all the favorites today. I can't, get a, I can't pick against Nunez here. Hell no. I mean, this... Until you, she gets beat, I, I'm going to have a real hard time, in the UFC anyway. She had a, a picture real hard time. the other day. She had uh, two belts over her shoulders, and she was holding two goats on leashes. <laughs> that is just badass stuff, man. That's, that's Solidify yourself level. as a goat. Um, yeah, she's she's a bad a bad chick. So, And that should be a fun one to watch, though. I mean, that, these these are two women that are going to stand and... and and punch and bang. Yeah, they're going to stand and bang. <laughs> All right, last last fight, and right. uh, it's good because we got to get out of here. Let's Max, do this one. Max Holloway, a minus-185 favorite against Alexander Volkanovsky. Damn, dude. How's that? Crushed. Uh, Volkanovsky, actually not Russian, but Australian. Yeah. Uh, comes into the fight 21-0. and oh, Or no, 20-1. and one. I'm sorry, 20-1. and one. Max Holloway, 21-4, and four, your, your champion here at the... Uh, uh, featherweight. This is a fight contested at 145 pounds. Both super impressive records. If you look at Max's, you can almost, I don't know his fourth loss, but I know two of those are D Dustin Poirier and once to Connor. So, you know, losing to the best. Volkanovsky is part of this new Australian New Zealander crew of a uh, style bender, Israel mm -hmm. Adesanya, Dan Hooker himself, of just really talented guys from a. Uh, from Australia and New Zealand that are coming over here and, you know, making some waves. Having said that, man, I'm still going to go Holloway. I think Holloway, there's not a lot of guys he's going to lose to at this point in his career, you know, not named maybe Connor or Dustin Poirier. I think his height is going to give him a huge advantage, and I think his boxing is going to keep Volkanovski away. Volkanovski is a super explosive guy. He just beat Aldo. He's going to come in and try to hit some big punches, but I think Holloway can, uh, can weather all that. And I don't know if he'll get a – oh, it's only a three-rounder. I don't, I don't see Holloway getting a finish, but I see him getting a win. This should be a five-round fight, right? Oh, shit, I'm wrong. Title's yeah, on yeah, the yeah. Wrong. My bad, my um, bad. No, it should be, it should be fun. Uh, I think Frankie's been on quite a tear. Uh, he did lose to Poirier, as you mentioned. Max. Uh, oh, so, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. He, he defeated Frankie Edgar's yeah, last time. Yeah. I'm looking at the wrong thing here. Um, if I mean, he took out... He's on a, he's on a run here since... Uh, I mean, he, he's on quite a run. I think his confidence is high. I don't know much about Volkanovski, though. And uh, 
these Australian dudes, they're, they're scary. I think that's the thing it's with scary part of the world is like, you don't know that much about him. He's coming here. He's got some really good wins, but they've been really quiet. Whereas Max, all of his fights are huge. You know, he bumped up to 155 to fight Dustin, came right back down and beat Frankie. So it's not like he really lost his step in that loss. This is his seventh straight championship fight. So as you Damn. mentioned, this dude's at the top of the card. Everything he does is going to be a, is magnified where Volkanovsky is, is not at that level yet. We'll see. Uh, his nickname is Alexander the Great. I'm going is, blessed. Blessed, you know, he was the first one on the bottle cap challenge. I think it was a Tito's bottle in his garage with a spinning kick. It was totally awesome. Probably the best one that was done, even better than Statham's. And um, he's gone viral. He's gone it's been viral a big year for him. You know his little his his son's gonna be like uh, the open workout doing something on stage with him, looking cool, little mini blessed. Yeah, I'm going Holloway. Uh, you know what? Just for the sake of argument. I'm on Volkanovski here. Do he, it. He's on a tear. He hasn't lost since he's been in the UFC. He hasn't lost a fight since 2013. And uh, defeated Jose Aldo last time out. Chad Mendez. He's been on been on a run here. Let's let's ride with with Volkanovski and uh, have uh, Alexander the Great. I'm on it. So a little bit of value there. And uh, of course, back to the the main main event. We've got Colby uh, fighting uh, Usman. We both like. Usman to win this fight. Mm-hmm. We both dislike Colby. We both dislike Colby. <laughs> and I think I told you, I might have said it last time, but I, I remember dealing with Colby a little bit uh, with some honest stuff before the uh, before the crossover he happened. Turned. Yeah. And he was uh, such a nice guy. Really? Yeah. Well, that's, that's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Andrew Craig. Boom. Where can the people follow you if you, if you want some social media uh, love? Um, at Andy B. Craig on Instagram, I'm posting up about every few weeks. Um, it's, you know, moderate social media, so you'll really enjoy it. <laughs> it's good. Just some moderate, uh, <laughs> moderate straight down the middle social media content. I saw you, you posted a photo at the, uh, the on it Christmas party. I bet that was fun. Oh, it was a good time. It was on a Monday, but, um, it's still a good time. Where was yeah. it? The line hotel. Oh, it's okay. like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a cool view. Nice. Yeah. Last year we had it at spin and we, so we played a lot of ping pong. Okay. That sounds and like I, a, I, mean, I preferred that. Oh, okay. This yeah. was mostly just not enough, not people enough at a hotel. Yeah. I, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. Well, shouts to uh, everybody over there at On It. And shouts to you. And hey, thanks, man. Shouts to you, the listener, for enjoying Mind of Micah. We'll be back next week with uh, more Mind of Micah content. I think we're going to talk about uh, Christmas music. you have a favorite Christmas song? Don't like much Christmas music. Yeah. Oh, man. I should, uh, we should have gotten really into this. My, my Maybe my only one is uh, Merry Christmas from the Family, Robert Oh, uh, That's a good one. That's yeah. a classic. I'll tell you my least favorite one. This is a little bit of a spoiler alert. It's uh, the uh, the Paul McCartney Christmas song that they play over and over again. Happy having a wonderful Christmas time. It's wonderful Christmas time, I think. I don't like it either. It's I've terrible. I've heard it. it. You'll hear it a hundred times between now and Christmas. <laughs> and it's just not even a real song. It's just like, the mood is right. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. So you, that's a little spoiler. All right. We're back later. Support our sponsors. And uh, share this with a friend. Mm, Bye-bye.